and welcome to the O3C podcast from O3C Games, your marvellous hub for all things gaming. My name is Jonathan Dunn and I'm joined by Chris Dow. We're back, baby! And Minty Booth. Ip dip, dog shit. <laughs> and we love video games. Announcement! Announcement! Well, what can we say? But, welcome back! I mean, to you two, and to you, hopefully more than two listeners. Uh, but you never know, you never know. People might have gone, well, well, it's the top 100, that's done, never mind. Let's just uh, move on with our lives. I assume that those three gentlemen have. Mm. Well, first of all, I do want to say thank you to those listeners who followed us to the end of our top 100 countdowns. It, it was an incredible journey to make, and the finale was such a wonderful way of wrapping it all up. And I also want to say thank you to those people who are supporting us on Patreon, especially as we've taken a little break over the last few weeks, you know, which is the first time in three years of doing this. Uh, But we we greatly appreciate your support and uh, we're thrilled to be back with a new format, uh, some new concepts, but the same old brain dead banter and effusive joy and love of video games. So... Before we tell you what we're going to be doing next, let us tell you, uh, well, what we've been up to in our little break, as we have been busy taking down the old Hour 3 Cents hoardings and replacing them with our brand spanking new O3C Games branding. And we're branching out from simply a Top 100 Countdown podcast and are doing new and exciting things beyond that in the realm of gaming. The central hub for all of that is our new website, o3c.games. On there, you can find all the episodes of the podcast from the past, the pod past, the cod past. That's (laughs) that's just an old fish. Uh, All the brilliant video content uh, that we've created over the years and also articles and reviews written by these six hands. If you want to hear our thoughts and opinions on specific games, the industry and the wider aspects of gaming without you know, having to actually hear our dreadful voices spew them out directly into your ear canals with absolutely no prophylactic insight. (laughs) You can read my review of Metroid Dread. You can see Minty's thoughts on the mobile game Bomb Club. You can even read Chris's musings on something from an arcade, I think. And we'll be adding uh, new articles on there all the time. So, bookmark the page is that something i don't know if that's something people do tell your alexa butler to remember it so you don't miss out on all the extra content uh, we'll be creating going forward outside of this here podcast which is going to remain as swish as ever we also have slightly new and refreshed homes on social media facebook.com slash o3c games instagram.com slash o3c games we've now got a collective twitter account for o3c games which is <laughs> you guessed it at O3C Games, and we're still on Twitch, at OC3PSUMCAMES, and on <laughs> YouTube, where you can search for O3C Games, and you can find all of our video content. We've still got our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash O3C Games, and there's tons of great perks available to all pledging tiers. There's, a, a, I think there's 10 bonus episodes, a, a butcher's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> 
dozens of deleted scenes and outtakes and access to the Patreon exclusive Discord channel. If subscribing isn't your bag and you don't want to encourage our clingy desperation, then we do also accept one-off donations. If you go to o3c.games slash support, you can throw us a few quid on PayPal to put towards the, the, the I mean, the good work we're doing here. Uh, you know, if you're not nearby enough to take us out for a coffee or an alcoholic or indeed non-alcoholic lager beer, uh, which we would also very much like and appreciate. That's enough dross about our housekeeping. What, uh, what in the fuck is next? That's the question on your mind, and apparently on a few of your lips, judging by some of the messages I've had. You've finished counting down your top 100 favourite video games of all time, I hear you say. What on earth can you bring us next this day is the call on the street that we are now answering. Well, we are dedicating the next 20 fucking episodes to the games that we have discovered in the last three years since we started the podcast. The games that didn't exist when we solidified our top 100 lists or the games that we simply haven't played. Week by week, we are going to pick a game from our prior triennial gaming activity and find a way of crowbarring them into our rankings. This is going to mean reappraising some of the games that we've spoken about and inevitably shafting some of them right off the bottom of our lists into oblivion to join our honourable mentions in the darkness of mediocrity. I am so excited to talk about these games and to hear about the games which have meant so much to Chris and Minty over the last 36 months or so, and it's going to be a lot of fun to try and make some of these ranking decisions out loud in in the company of well, them and you, listeners, you know, showing our workings in the margins, not just doing rad trig sums in our heads uh, on our own like we did when we first put our list together <laughs> so starting next week we will be bringing a game each to the table we've attempted to put them in a rough order so starting with the games that may end up in the tail end of our lists and reaching those games that, that could well be vying for the just for the very top spot We've also got several concepts for bonus episodes as well, including a Metroidvania special, revisits from some of our previous special guests, and all things being equal, we'll also be starting to develop our own game for the Playdate using the browser-based development tool Pulp that Panic are putting out uh, to see how far we can uh, get, you know, with bringing a a game to the the little cranky system that could and see if we can't cheer that bugger up. (laughs) And hopefully if this new lovely little handheld uh, console releases on time, which is now delayed, we're going to have some extra episodes covering covering the the games that come out on that and uh, and, and are are playing with uh, with the Playdate. And I mean, there's just so much great stuff. I I absolutely can't wait. So even though this episode is a little bit of a mini episode, it is also actually our 150th episode of the show. No. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So to make it a bit more of an episode-y episode rather than just an elongated announcement, we thought we'd tell you a little bit about what our gaming activity has consisted of over the last couple of weeks to get these thoughts out of our heads and we can hit the ground running next week with O3C Season 3.5, The Addendum. Addendum. So, Chris, why don't you kick us off by telling us uh, what have you been playing? Oh, all sorts. But I, I have really missed doing this. Just having a place to talk about games and talking to the two of you and just... I don't know. You don't keep in touch in quite the same way when you're not uh, rambling about the things you played in terms of video games for a few hours every week, do you? Yeah. And it, it's just been ages and ages since we've had a recap like this. Obviously, the list ended a month or so ago, but in that period, 
you end up playing quite a lot of stuff, especially when you gain that few hours of, of podcast admin back as well. <laughs> so um, it's true. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking out loud the other morning how odd it feels not to have this sort of weekly decompression, I guess, that, you know, we, we all have wonderfully patient and supportive and understanding partners, but I'm pretty confident that all of them have limits. <laughs> so, you know, at, at home, Georgia can only feign interest in the minutiae of Tetris, for example, to a point, whereas you two at least pretend to be interested each week, <laughs> you know, and, and, and when I try and explain why Euro Truck is somehow laced with a deep humanity or whatever else, it's, you know, thank you for giving me that space. <laughs> you know, over the last couple of months, I've actually played quite a bit, but in the interest of keeping this list manageable, I've pulled out some headlines, I suppose. Ooh, yeah, here we go. The PlayStation 5, after grabbing me quite early with that sort of new toy excitement you used to get on Christmas Day when I first got the console... I really dropped off playing it properly and and it became the Netflix machine in the lounge, which is not great considering this is a a brand new, shiny, you know, current gen machine. But the Switch was the console I went to almost every time I wanted to play something. So recently I've tried to give the PS5 some proper love again. I finished Astro Bot's Playroom 100%. And I have to say, revisiting it now without being blinded by its newness and its 4K-ness and its dual sense controllerness it's it's basically a perfect platformer it's as good as most 3d mario titles and it has a reverence to the playstation brand which being honest sony have earned these days you know they've toiled away for long enough that they have a proper history now behind their company and it's just a great game you know i won't spoil it but the final boss encounter is such a treat for anyone with a bit of ps1 knowledge and going back to revisit stages to find collectibles like those beautifully modeled pieces of playstation hardware i had no frustration doing that because even on a third or fourth run through the stages are just such nice places to be and run around in. Yeah. We said back when, when I first played it, the, the tactility of the, the controller, you really feel every surface you run across. And not many other games have given me that sensation on the console yet. It's, it's still just such a great showcase for that pad. Post-launch, a few things were added to that game as well. Like There's now a little speed run section across bespoke challenge maps. And if anything, I, I wish there were a lot more of those because it really reminded me of the time trials in Mario Odyssey that I got absolutely hooked on. Oh, yeah. But there isn't the same room for manoeuvre in Astrobot. So it's actually not that hard to essentially like max out a run, even as like a filthy casual like me. Whereas <laughs> Mario Odyssey... I thought I was at the limits every time and then I'd find one little shortcut or one little rock I could hop off. And, you know, that that's the reason why Nintendo platformers are still the very top tier. But Astrobot is about as close as a third party or additional party has, has ever come, I think. The other game I've started playing a little more recently is the lovely Sackboy's Adventure. Oh, yeah. I've been playing it co-op with Georgia. And again, oh, that's nice. divorced from the context of a system launch, it's just a wonderful platform game. And and what really stands out is that the presentation is just first class throughout. Like the texture work and material work on the platforms and enemies and costumes. It's essentially Yoshi's Woolly World done at resolution that Nintendo probably won't even entertain for about another decade. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, whilst I'm not a stickler for graphics, like I've, I've just said, I've, I've played the Switch pretty much exclusively for years now. Fucking hell, the game does look good. <laughs> and and it's got an infectious soundtrack, like a, a boatload of licensed tunes that have all been reworked or picked down to their stems to become these expressive dynamic backdrops to the stages you're hopping across. And to play it as a bit, almost like a big cinema experience in front of you, 
it's just it's a real joy it's one of those mm. like as an example one of the stages is set to bruno mars's uptown funk <laughs> yeah. and it's a it's a song that i have no love for like i'm not <laughs> i'm not a fan of bruno mars but the way it's worked into the stage here with the whole world vibrating along in time and parts of the song being held back so as to offer like the biggest bang when they're introduced alongside big level set pieces it's it's beautiful like real chef's kiss stuff so really nice like when when it came out, I know people whinge that it was perhaps a bit bland, that it wasn't next gen enough, and I, I do get that. But at the same time, it's it's a smooth, layered, rewarding 3D platformer. And to be honest, I don't really care if I was playing it on the 3DS or the original Xbox or the PS5. If you know, if it feels this good to play, sometimes innovation be damned, it's it's just a good game. <laughs> you know, just yeah. happy, happy to play a good game. I sort of ran aground a little bit with it. I think that I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I was playing it co-op with somebody. I think, um, and like you said, just sort of it adds a lot, you know, and playing it on you know big living room TV, like you said, just really soaking in the the aesthetics of it because it is gorgeous looking game yeah brilliant sounding game i think the issue i had was that it just didn't have the same sort of 3d platforming precision that you know obviously we're used to in you know the mario games but also the astro bot yeah absolutely yeah, delivered for sure it's a lot slower and just started to wind me up after a little while yeah like Sackboy has this little sort of like flutter kick thing that yeah. like sort of like yoshi that basically it does so little <laughs> that you can't really yeah use it as a feature but i'm really really glad that you've uh yeah you found you've you found time to to you know really appreciate it yeah i also picked up a new vita not that long after we recorded our finale episode uh. and I've, I've wanted a slim model for a while to replace my launch handheld because my oled screen on the original vita was just starting to decay you know it's it was technology that is now been superseded a hundred times over the switch oled is not going to have the same problem the vita did at launch but it's held up nice enough till now but I've, I've checked facebook marketplace for a long time hoping one would pop up that kind of met a few criteria i had and luckily i found one that was a good price for starters it was in pristine condition because the guy had only used it to play call of duty when it first launched on the console and then just left mm. it in a drawer and and lastly it was an exclusive Japanese colorway. So it's white and lime green, which accidentally matches my happy home designer 3DS. So oh, nice. all in, great purchase. On that, I use it at night times to play a bit of Pick a Picks Classic, which is just Picross by a team that's not Jupiter. <laughs> I've also played a, a dirt bike racing game called Mud that I've had on the shelf for ages. And it's, you know, do a race here and there. It's quite, quite fun. And I've also spent quite a lot of time playing an impossibly hard Japanese rhythm game that I can't even translate the title of. <laughs> but it, it seems to revolve around male singing idols. But rhythm games, as much as they're a genre that's basically died a death in the West, in Japan, because they've still got this big, big thing about handhelds, it's been going reasonably strong for years now. And you've got franchises like Pop and Music. Uh, you've got the Korean developed DJ Max. You've got Hatsune Miku. I don't think this mystery title is as good as anything in those series, but it only cost me £6 on eBay. <laughs> and at the very least has acted to humble what, you know, I, I believe to be pretty decent rhythm game skills on my own yeah. uh, because I've realised that, oh boy, I'm, I'm not very good when it when it comes to something new. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just impenetrably difficult on anything beyond the easiest difficulty for me at the moment. So it's a challenge, something to work for uh, and doing so on a nice shiny new console. The Switch has had a bit of a rest for a while now. I did get into a habit of playing a very casual game called Farm Together nightly for a good few weeks. Like really simple, you just plant crops, water crops, wait a bit, pick the crops, 
repeat, you know. I don't know why I found it quite as addictive as I did when I could have started Stardew Valley or I could have picked up <laughs> Animal Crossing again. But there we go. And and on Animal Crossing, I know you'll talk about this more later, Jonathan, but I've still not revisited my island since the big update and DLC combo for the simple reason that I've been enjoying playing different things. And I know that if I get stuck into Animal Crossing again, it will be to the detriment of the rest of my game's library. <laughs> like, I know it's great. I've loved hearing about your time back on the beaches. But at the moment, I've enjoyed having a bit more balance in what I'm playing. And I have to be in the right headspace to say, okay, this is this is me for a few months now. And I, I'm not quite prepared to give it all of me just yet. <laughs> Finally, and freshest on the pile, yesterday I received my Evercade versus home console. Oh, yes. And it is a real beauty. You know, I've said before that I play the Switch, for example, docked far more than I do handheld, probably 80-20. But when the Versus was announced, I wasn't sure how much I really needed it for that reason that the handheld can plug into the TV with an HDMI cable. So it has that kind of dual purpose. But receiving the console and playing it for a few hours last night, it's such a step up in terms of build quality, in terms of the UI, in terms of overall presentation, and in some cases, just the performance of the whole machine. And it really is now the best way to play these game collections. I have so much to play on it now. Like when I pre-ordered the console, I chose the the Founders Edition, which meant that you got the console, you got it in a a shiny black colour, and you got six packs of games. And at the time, I was still missing a few. So I, I also bundled everything else I didn't have, which meant that when it arrived, I got 10 new packs. Wow. I have not made a dent in those. Like <laughs> nine out of 10 of those are still in cellophane. But I am looking forward to playing a bit more as you know the weeks progress. So hopefully I'll, I'll find some new games to me from, from this new retro library on a, on a shiny new machine. And uh, that's that's about it for now. Nice, nice. Minty. How about you? What video games have entertained your thumbs in the last few weeks? Well, 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 it's it has been a long time, hasn't it? So I've got well, not, not not a massive list, but I've got a few things that I can talk about. The first thing that I'm not going to talk about is Bomb Club because I wrote a review about that and you can read it on our website. Yeah, go to o3c.games. <laughs> Call to action at the end where you can support the developer further. And you'll want to after you've played it. Oh, and then some. I completed Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. Oh, yeah. Which was a fine game when it comes to these uh, to these monster-catching games, like, uh, like your Pokemon, your Digimon, your Monster Hunters. For me, the things that I really love about these monster-catching games isn't... It's not really the adventure. It's not really the story. It's not even how they look in some cases, because Pokemon are a little simplistic looking. Digimon are... They're they're a little bit more complicated and mostly either machines or people with animal bits. And then the monsters in the Monster Hunter series there, they're just big birds with with different animals (laughs) sprinkled on, which is great. You know, they're all really cool and uh, it's nice discovering the new ones. But the thing that I really love about these games I've discovered is just really micromanaging a really solid team of monsters to fight along with. Like, Mm. you've got the... The, the weird sort of gene therapy oh, yeah. in Monster Hunt in, in this, I thought was really cool. Once you get a monster that you like and it's got like, you know, good genes, it's it's, it's come from a heavy smelly egg, <laughs> which is important. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you just throw all of your shitty little monsters at it to, to give it a more robust genetic makeup, which increases its stats or gives it new abilities. That shit's great. I love that sort of thing. I think it comes down to, to my love of JRPGs and just a really 
good, dense, barely comprehensible menu system. <laughs> oh, it's the same with Digimon as well. I'm looking at my play activity. It says I've played Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth for 100 hours or more. I'd, I'd, I'd say about, yeah, at least 80 hours of that was me just... Just in the menu. <laughs> I love a menu. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Yeah. What else have I played? I'm sure you're going to talk about this, Jonathan, but I completed Metroid Dread. Loved it. Fantastic 2D Metroid game, building on the you know, the, the grand success, um, not only of uh, Samus Returns, but also uh, Super Metroid as well, I guess. it's. I grew up with Metroid Prime, the fantastic 3D adaptations of the, the Metroidvania, and it's, it's, it's just uh, amazing to see that 2D Metro games are, being, are capable of being incredible it, when they've got this little trilogy of games that, for all intents and purposes, might as well have just leapfrogged them in terms of enjoyability. It's nice to see them bring it back, take it down into a flat yeah. plane, and just make it as good, if not better. Really, really, really good game. Really good. It's incredibly refined. Mm. It's like absolutely the best features of everything that's come before it in the series. And like I said, just boiling it down to their purest essence and making them so, so well realized and so much fun. Uh, just, just so much fun mm. to play. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you know me. I, if I, when I finish a game, I probably won't hundred percent it. I'll just trade it in and move on to something else because that's the only way I can sort of, you know, get through stuff. But literally, the moment I finished Metroid Dread, I went back in to hundred percent my save file. The minute I finished that, I started a new save file on hard mode and played through it all again. Mm. You know, there are other games I had to play, but I was like, nah, it's just not as fun. It's not as fun as just playing playing Metroid. Yeah. If you want to see my all of my thoughts on the, on that, there is the review that I've written on the on the website, a3c.games. So uh, my full thoughts are there. I think replayability is something that Metroid does really, really well, because once you beat it, you can go back and 100% it, but then subsequent playthroughs, you're encouraged to beat it faster and faster and faster to unlock all of the uh, all the fun things. So mm. it's not just a case of, oh, I'm getting better at the game. I'm figuring out how it works. Like I'm, I'm becoming more skilled at it. It's becoming faster and faster and faster as well. Uh, mm. I think that's, that's it's, it's a very clever way of doing it. I was a bit gutted that my playthrough on hard, I just, I think I did it in, in about four and a half hours. Mm. And if you do, a, if you complete a run through in under four hours, that's how you unlock the final uh, things. So I just missed that. I was like, oh no. Yeah. I started a third one, started a third save file. And already I'm thinking, right, there's no room for chaff here. Mm. Uh, unless I unless I get through, you know, this boss fight with nothing but wheat, then um, <laughs> I need to restart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the main thing that I want to talk about, I'm going to hold off for for a couple of seconds because it's something that uh, I'm sure Jonathan and I are going to ping pong amongst ourselves. So yeah, over, over to you. Well, yes, again, I'm going to hold off on that for now. I had a fantastic time diving into the Animal Crossing DLC and, and also the, the, the big 2.0 update i was glad i really got the chance to to play through a, you know a, a, a really big chunk of the content i, I reached the sort of end of uh, of the dlc and it was just it was wonderful to be back in the game again i've written up my thoughts and my experience uh, diving back into the game looking at the 2.0 features and also my journey through the dlc that 
is over on our website as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, complete with, with many pictures of my island. So do please head over uh, to the website and, and have a read of that. And um, and let me know how, how you've got on with your islands and, and uh, revisiting them, squashing all those cockroaches, figuratively and emotionally. Other games I've played, there hasn't been a huge amount. Metroid Dread was just so great. I played through that. You know, like I said, three, three, two, three times, and Animal Crossing, I, I loved just diving, diving back into and tweaking my island and exploring all of the new features. I played a fair bit of Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Oh yeah, the the Super Monkey Ball remake. I mean, brilliant, wonderful fun, riddled with nostalgia. I mean, it hasn't grabbed me in the same way that it did when I was a kid and wanted to obsessively play it and get all the high scores. The way that it does, like the high scores and stuff like that, it doesn't really lend itself to how I want to play the game. I haven't I haven't actually been back to it in a fair while, so it's possible they might have updated some of the, the leaderboards and things. That was great fun. That was great. And also really fucking annoying uh, because <laughs> it's Monkey Ball. Um, I had a wonderful time christening my Switch OLED with Tetris Effect connected. Oh, which, uh, I forgot to even mention that. Well, Fuck, yeah. carry on. <laughs> <laughs> and that was wonderful to play through. It looks so nice on the OLED screen. It's a very different experience to playing it in VR, much like it is, you know, say like playing Thumper in VR and outside of VR. It's still an absolute masterpiece. I feel that what you gain from being able to play it handheld and certainly on the OLED screen makes up for what you don't get in virtual reality. It gives a different experience, but one that is equally as powerful and just joyous. It's it's brilliant. Just, I mean, what a game. What a game. As a very small note, because like I said, I, I just forgot. It's, it's been a while. When you badgered me to pick it up when the when the OLED first came out, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I said, oh, I, I don't need to. I don't need to buy this. I don't need to buy this game. I have it. I can play it elsewhere. I don't need to buy it. And eventually, of course, because I'm weak, I caved and I, I picked it up. And then I just played it obsessively for a week. Just just nothing else again. And, and as you say, what you lose in terms of the experience of VR I was able to be a better Tetris player playing it on the Switch, if that makes sense. Mm. So some of the kind of challenge modes that I'd sort of plateaued by how how good I felt I could be playing it in VR, I was beating my scores on the Switch or I was getting faster times or, or whatever. And yeah, it's a different way to play what is likely going to be my favourite game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of possibly my favourite game of all time, I also decided to dip back into Dead Cells, which is something I hadn't dipped into for quite a few big updates worth of, of content that I just hadn't hadn't seen. And it was really, really fun. Really, really fun. There's a lot in the game that I'm like, I've no idea what this is. I've no idea how to explore all of this stuff. But even just dipping my toe back in on doing a few runs it was it's just so insanely fun to play and I was I was sort of looking for I think I wanted like a Metroidvania to scratch the itch that you know Metroid Dread sort of left uh, even though like I was like well I could play something from maybe the Castlevania Arc- uh, Advance Collection or some other Metroidvania but then I was like no actually Metroid Dread is better than all of those <laughs> but I did also want to play something new after playing through Metroid Dread so I picked up a game called Tales of Iron which is a really really good side-scrolling Metroidvania with Souls-like elements it's an indie <laughs> game it's got it's a beautiful hand-drawn art I mean it's I know I'm, I'm the cliche of myself in picking up something like that but it's 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 gorgeous it's really gorgeous it's really nice nice to play 
and uh, they've got an update for that coming out actually which is adding some different uh, difficulty levels so you can play it on a slightly easier setting but also on a slightly harder setting which is, is really really good for accessibility i plan to go back to that at some point but it's it's a really really good game but yes minty held off i've held off but what we're here to talk about and I'm sorry, Chris. You can, to be honest, mate. You can probably, you can probably head off now. I'll just clock off. Uh, yeah, clock <laughs> off for the night. Go get the kettle on. Binding of Isaac: Repentance has finally launched on consoles. It finally launched on the Switch, and it finally launched on the European eShop several weeks after it landed on everything else. To be honest, it was that delay that allowed me to give Animal Crossing proper bit of attention and time. So I was kind of glad in in hindsight that um that Repentance held held itself off. Now, the thing I said to you Minty is it's quite extraordinary how the solution to solving the excessive bloat in the game in Afterbirth Plus the solution is simply to double the content. More than, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's balanced the game out perfectly. The integration of all that new content into the game is seamless. It's, I mean, it's mad that the majority of this content has come from, you know, fan-made mods, especially the the, the sort of the final proper end game content, mm. because like it really, it feels like it does complete the story. And it's weird that Ed McMillan didn't have that ending in his head all along to try and attain. But like the dramatic beats that happen once you find Dad's note and begin the ascension back up to Isaac's house and the subsequent battles, it like genuinely it's one of the most incredible pieces of drama and tension and storytelling and excitement that I've encountered in a video game. And to have that delivered to a game that I've literally poured thousands of hours into, that was I mean, it's such a treat and it's quite quite extraordinary i mean there is there is so much new content it has to be because of the amount of time that you know gamers have had to put into the game it's a lot harder but yeah minty what you you know so much more about repentance i'm still i sort of deliberately held off watching uh, streamers playing it i'm still experiencing and learning so many new things so yeah minty tell us tell us about it well i uh, i've been playing the binding of isaac in pretty much every iteration since since the original flash game came out and seeing the leap from from the original with the, to the dlc uh, with uh, wrath of the lamb and then seeing the remake uh, rebirth then afterbirth and afterbirth plus then not playing, but uh, looking at Antibirth, an incredible envy in my soul. <laughs> I think, I think this is a repentance. I think it's it is absolutely the quintessential um, Binding of Isaac experience. I I think it's it's really incredible. Like you said, there are things that have been uh, balanced out. Uh, the item bloat, some of the more disappointing things that came about from Afterbirth Plus, they've all been smoothed out with all of the all the new things that have come in with Repentance. Particularly the tainted characters, I have to say, they feel like a huge leap forward in character design. The tainted characters are basically alternate versions of all of the main characters that you, you can play as in the game. And you can unlock a, yeah, essentially like a, a, a tainted alternate, mm. almost like a flipped version of them that has incredibly challenging and creative new mechanics tied to them so that you have to think about playing the game in a whole different way and and then there's all of the what is there like 16 endings that you have to get with each character on the post-it 12 note. different uh, 
12 different things that oh, you have to beat go. with every character. 12. And you have to do that for all of them. There's so much to do. <laughs> that was the biggest surprise for me, the tainted characters. And I think some of the some of the regular characters that have sort of popped up in, in past iterations didn't need to be there. I think I've gone on record saying that I don't like uh, Apollyon as a character. I didn't think he needed to be in there. Um, he was just a new character that was showcasing an item that anybody could get. But what they've done with the, the tainted characters is they've taken every single one and distilled them down to an incredibly strong core mechanic and justifies every single character being there and then takes them to the next level. For example, uh, Eden as a character. You unlock Eden somehow, I can't really remember. But they, he starts off with a random active, a random passive item, I think a random trinket and maybe a random card and or pill and essentially just a little slice of randomness that you get for each run that you do then the tainted eden character every time you take damage from an enemy your entire build is re-rolled for me first of all whenever i play an isaac run i always want to go for something just a little bit crazy because i just think that's a little bit more fun like just the uncertainty the strangeness of it taking the core of each character and then just compressing it like a diamond and making a whole new character out of it it's it's oh it's a masterwork it really is it's oh, it's so good it's so so good what is your favorite new item in the game <laughs> i haven't i haven't unlocked a whole lot of them so let me just bring up platinum god <laughs> taking this seriously <laughs> yeah yeah mm, licking your finger and thumbing through the britannica <laughs> uh, there's a couple that i that i always like seeing a slightly not not boring answer but maybe maybe just a slightly pastel choice i think is the stapler oh yeah that's clever just a good old damage up item it basically turns you into cane the implication being that one of isaac's eyes has been stapled shut so he only fires out of one eye i also like quince as well quince oh the the five not the fruit no no for the first five enemies you kill a little familiar spawns in their place that just acts as just a little like a little turret i don't know why i just really like it I, whenever i get it in a re-roll or something like oh yes i've got quince fantastic hmm, nice i think for me like the uh, one that i really like is is again it's quite a simple one it's the 120 volt so it's basically putting like a, a loose bit of wiring inside you hmm. and so it zaps enemies that get near you uh, yes. but also on like uh, floors with uh, that have water on the floor like flooded caves and uh, downpour and dross and stuff like that all electric items have like a much bigger range and that's just a it's just a nice little mm. it's a nice little detail and i like that and i like electric abilities in the game like if, if i get jacob's ladder i'm like oh boy i'm having so much fun yeah I just oh love yeah that. or tech tech zero or something like that where it's just create oh it's great there's an incredibly powerful defensive item called the sci fly uh-huh, yes, and the it's fly. basically like a, a psychic fly that flies around and blocks incoming tear attacks with remarkable efficiency and it's, it's, I mean, it's very very useful when you're going up against uh, some of the new bosses that are a bit more like bullet heli mm. uh, like, like Mario Mario Bulletelli yeah. <laughs> 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 how about your favorite new floor I would say my favorite new floor is probably downpour mm. one of the first things that we saw from the anti-birth mod and it just really really blew me away with just how original and how how creative it was there was a real sense of place 
to it. It was it was very distinct, and finally being able to see it and play through it myself has been has been really nice. I love how all of the enemies on those new floors feel like they're part of that floor. You know, they're not just enemies yes. in the game that are on the floor, if you know what I mean. So you've got things that are interacting with the environment and, or like you know, like you think you've cleared a room and then just a whole bunch of little zombies just pop up out of the out of the water. Also in Downpour and in Dross, you get the mirror world that you have to do in order to unlock a knife part to then unlock a path to one of the final bosses and going through like the mirror world in and doing all of that stuff is just so cool it's really really great mm. speaking of the enemies have you got a favorite new enemy or a favorite new boss because most of the new enemies are really really hard i don't have a favorite new enemy <laughs> i do like turdlet it was one of the new bosses turdlet. that you find in dross <laughs> which one's that is is he the the enormous turd? No, he's like a a small turd. He's like a funny poopy snake. Just, just oh, wanders the around. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and he sort of spins around like Karoo Karoo Karoorin. Yes, yeah, Karoo Karoo Kapoopin. Mm. <laughs> I like the enemies that appear, like these, like severely mutated enemies that you get on the ascension that appear like oh, back yeah. in the basement when you get back there. Some are a bit spooky. Yeah, it's it's quite dark oh. and they've got so much health and they can poten- they're potentially so dangerous. But I, I love it. I love the fact that it, it feels like you've sort of gone through a rift in time and by the time you get back to, you know, these, these early floors, the enemies that you've left there, they've had too much time uh, out of sync that <laughs> they've yeah. mutated and become these, like, these things. And I'll tell you which boss I really love because it was just, it was such a surprise, was Rotgut. Oh, yeah. Rotgut is just a, just a writhing mass of awful, as are a lot of the, you know, the bosses and enemies in the game. And then you kill it uh, and then it sucks you inside it. And then you have to kill like some worm that's inside it. And then you have to kill its heart and then you're spat back out. And it's just, it's just a really, I was just like, oh, I just didn't see that coming. I was like, it was sucking me in. And I was thinking, oh, God, do I, can I. Uh, do I need to it's, it's not stopping like I can't outrun this and so I've got sucked in and then had like a whole extra extra phase to the boss and I just thought that was that was really really cool but yeah I'm totally in love with this game all over again it's a lot harder to 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 get all of the new stuff and and to to complete some of the new things but I've got just got no problem keeping on trying before we finish for the day What's on the horizon, gaming-wise, for the next few months? I mean, I've got, I've got a backlog of games sat there. I've got things like Tales of Iron to play on the Switch. I've also got Death's Door downloaded and ready to play, which I'm just so excited to play because I know it's meant to be brilliant and it's great that it's, you know, it's sort of moved away from being an Xbox exclusive. I've also got the game Toem, which is like this like little black-and-white photography game that's meant to be really charming that's on my switch ready to play as well but they're just not they're not getting a look in at the moment in between binding of isaac runs but i think like the next big game coming on the switch that i'm looking forward to is is pokemon legends arceus which is in january which isn't that far away it's really not i'm very I'm, I'm, i'm very excited to 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 see how that holds up because it's it looks like a real bold departure from the uh the series formula but not too much that it sort of bundles it into the spin-off category and it looks like it's taking a lot of leaves out of the monster hunter playbook which uh, is, is definitely a good thing um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to to that on the ps5 i mean I, i've still got nino kuni 2 death stranding director's cut returnal 
still haven't finished Demon Souls. I've got so much stuff uh, to complete. And then Elden Ring comes out in February, which is going to have my complete attention. It has to, because I've shelled out about 180 quid on the special edition. Did you get the hat? No, no. Oh, that's not the hat edition. No. Christ. <laughs> that's why I didn't get the hat one, because it was like then another like 100 quid for the hat. Oh. And I'm, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Crowdfund the hat. Crowdfund the hat. I mean, literally. I mean, I mean, sure. Like, buy me a helmet and I'll wear it yes. and stream myself playing. Yes. But unless, yes, my, my birthday's coming up. Yes. Uh, in fact, my, it will. It will have been my birthday by the time you listeners are listening to this. Yeah, I'm. I'm really, really psyched for for all of those. But I'm just. I just can't wait to load up my Switch again and do another Isaac run. Minty, how about you? What 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 games are on the horizon for you? Well, yes, Pokemon Legends Arceus, um, Triangle Strategy. Oh, of course, yeah. Out, yeah, that's that's coming out in uh, March. Yeah, um, the demo that was really, really nice. I like that a lot. And I've got Shin Megami Tensei Five being delivered Ooh. this week. Oh, that'd be a big one. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Yeah, oh, I look forward to hearing hearing what you make of that. Have you played a Shin Megami Tensei game before? I have not, no. And you haven't played a Persona game, have you? No, I haven't. So this is going to be this is going to be a lovely, mm. a, 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 a lovely toe dipper. Yeah, I've heard very, very good things about it. So yeah, oh, lovely. Very exciting. How about you, Chris? I had been tentatively looking forward to the uh, GTA remasters because the physical edition is coming out like mid-December. But for me, and this is a big deal, I cancelled my Switch pre-order. Wow. Because not only does that version not look so hot, (laughs) but to be honest, regardless of version, they have not been received very well. Really shit out a turdlet with Oh, them. yeah. Maybe at some stage they'll be tarted up to the point where they are kind of passable remasters, but it's such low effort work from Rockstar to kind of farm it out to, to you know, like a nobody studio to do it probably in about three months and it's it's not come out well. So that that's off the ticket. That's off the pile. I'm quite keen to pick up the, let's get this right to say it, the Danganronpa Decadence collection on the Switch. And that is a big mouthful, but it's a series of visual novels that were on the Vita, mm. but are now getting a, a bundle port. And I've always been interested in playing them because they stray away from the usual visual novel format and they're much closer to something like Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors. Okay, So yeah. it's kind of, there's story stuff and there's interactive puzzle stuff and it breaks up the story. And I think if I'm going to get into a visual novel again, it's going to be something like that, that that pulls me in. Mm. Another game I'm quite excited for, but I had totally forgotten was even announced until I did a bit of research for this segment, is Soul Crester on the Switch. Oh, uh, yeah. If anyone remembers hearing that, like it's going to be a traditional 2D shoot-em-up. It's made by Platinum Games. It's scored by Yuzo Koshiro of Streets of Rage fame. Just very much up my alley, I feel. Like, you know, I'll be dusting off the arcade stick for that one when it does come out. And then for the PS5, I just feel really out of the loop. Yeah. Like, is is that is that cat game still on the horizon? What was Stray. that called? Stray, yeah. Is that is that happening? Not sure. I, it is, but uh, I'm not sure when. I'm not sure when. Uh, let's yeah. Just, let's just say that then. The cat game. Cat game. Chris, Chris wants to play the cat game. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. I mean, it's been great to be back around the microphones, hearing your voices again, chaps. Uh, I hope it's been a similarly familial, familiar experience for you listeners as well. If you're enjoying what we're doing, fancy engaging with us, you can reach out to us on 
pretty much all the social media platforms at O3C Games. You could also reach out to us individually. I'm on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn. I live at Chaz underscore Hodges. And I'm underscore Boo. Boo. And if you want to support us even more, then please do have a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash O3C Games, or head over to O3C.Games slash support to see other ways of helping us keep going. And we will see you next week for episode one proper of season 3.5, The Addendum. Ah. Oh.